0: Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now it's time for a work break. So happy Friday, everyone. Today I'm joined by Claire Schmidt CEO and founder of All Voices. All Voices is an anonymous employee feedback management platform that takes a modern approach to driving change within organizations by giving employees a way to speak up, provide feedback, ask questions, share positive input, and report harassment, bias, or culture issues directly to their company's leadership. Claire, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. So I know that you have a huge background in technology and employee feedback and other sorts of management. So I was really curious about what your thoughts were about what leaders can do to help their employees feel mentally safe in the workplace.
1: Yeah, I think that's such a great question. So I started this company essentially because I didn't believe that the majority of employees did feel completely safe at work especially as it related to sharing their perspectives, reporting serious issues, asking questions. From all the research that I did early on, it was very clear to me that employees have a lot of perspectives, have a lot of opinions, have ideas, have questions. And yet the perceived risk of speaking up about many of them is so high that in most cases, they choose to remain silent. And the very sad part about that in addition to all of the negative impacts that this has on employees, right, is that it also impacts companies and they're not even really aware of what's beneath the surface. To me, it seemed like a win-win for companies and employees to help provide a safer, easier, more comfortable way for them to speak up at work. And then on the other end, make sure that company leaders could receive that feedback, could respond to that feedback, and could take action on that feedback. So that was really what I set out to do. And I think the sort of output of that is that you actually end up creating a culture of psychological safety where people feel like they can speak their mind and they can share their perspectives at work without, you know, fearing retaliation or being fired or being demoted or, Just being told like that's a bad idea, right? So I think there's a huge opportunity to improve the mental safety and psychological safety that employees are feeling at work. And I think our platform is one piece of that puzzle.
0: Right. And I was actually going to ask you about psychological safety in the workplace because it's such a huge buzzword right now. How do you think COVID-19 in particular has kind of affected it just between being remote, being hybrid, and all the uncertainties that's come with the pandemic?
1: Yeah, I think uncertainty is the perfect word. There was a ton of fear and uncertainty, and early on, we saw a huge spike in usage of our tool, like in March and April of 2020 in particular. My theory is that the perceived risk of speaking up directly got higher, right? Because everyone was like, what's happening in the world? What's happening in my company? While The complexities of everyday life and working life increased as well. And so that made sense to me that all of a sudden everyone's like, ah, I have so much to say and so many questions to ask and know where to go. And so they were using our tool, which is great. I think that at a more high level, like as far as how COVID nineteen has affected psychological safety, there's actually this concept called uh, signaling theory that I've been reading about lately, and basically posits that through their actions, companies can signal to employees like that they care about them, that they're here for them, and that feeling of being cared for alone actually increases psychological safety at work. So I think. The actions that employers took during the pandemic, I think some of them signaled, we're here for you and we care about you, and some of them quite the opposite. But I viewed and have viewed this pandemic as an opportunity to actually build a feeling of psychological safety and trust with employees. If you know handled properly, the pandemic was a real opportunity. Whether it's by rolling out additional resources for employees, whether it's like mental health resources or flexibility, right, to work remotely or not, or additional feedback channels or, you know, sick leave or things that maybe the employees didn't have before. All of these are really gestures from companies that are signaling to employees, you can feel safe here and you can feel cared about here.
0: And I know that having an open line of communication between employees and their bosses is important, but what sort of tangible steps have you seen companies take from the feedback that their employees are providing anonymously that are direct signals to the employees that they're being heard and listened to?
1: So the first step, of course, is just listening, right? It's, it's providing that space. But then, of course, the question becomes, okay, what's done with that feedback once it's received? And I think that's really the more important question what we're hearing from our customers is that they're using our platform as a way to have conversations with employees. So two-way conversations, as opposed to this is a place where we receive feedback and then it goes into a black box and is really never discussed or thought of again. But instead, a lot of them were, the way it works is that employees can report things or submit feedback anonymously or not anonymously if they want to. And then we open up a messaging channel between. The recipient, so that might be an HR leader, that might be a legal leader, that might be the CEO, whoever the appropriate person is at the company between them and the employee to have this conversation while the employee can stay anonymous if they choose. And what we're hearing from our customers is those conversations are really where the magic is happening. It's not necessarily in the initial feedback or the initial report. So they're using that messaging channel to ask questions, right? To try to understand better, to provide support and resources and coaching and ideas to reassure people, you know, we're not just saying we have an anti-retaliation policy. Like this is the policy. You can go look at it. You can ask me if you have questions before you decide to actually come forward. Um, So providing information. And then in some cases, they're using the input they're getting from employees to actually make policy changes at their company, to make changes to benefits, to make changes to leave policy, PTO policy, or remote work policy. I think the impact, the idea of this is that every single employee should be able to have a voice in the way that their company does business and the way that their company treats employees. And we're helping them build these sort of bottoms up cultures at their company And I think that's what's incredibly compelling is like for an employee to share your feedback one day through this platform. And then two weeks later, see a survey come out about the very topic that you brought up. And then maybe two months later to see a policy actually change because of the input that was given through the tool. So that's what I get really excited about.
0: Yeah. It's been fascinating to see a shift in the understanding of what company culture is, because for the longest time, I feel like people thought it was just what your values were, but now it comes down to exactly how all the different moving parts and different personnel kind of interact and make the whole.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And kind of in the same vein, going back a little bit to what we were talking about earlier about taking feedback and being there for your employees and also kind of the concept of company culture. How can Leaders support their employees' mental health, especially in
1: light of COVID 19? This is such a big question because, you know, one thing I've thought of a lot as the past two years in particular have unfolded is like how unique every person is and every employee is, right? And everyone is dealing with not just the challenges of working and of navigating, you know, challenging situations at work, but also, you know, Each person is dealing with different things at home, different, you know, stressors, different pressures, different demands. Like, you know, even I've seen this play out with our employees. Like some employees are feeling lonely and isolated and kind of wanting more like social connection, whereas others are, you know, working from home with kids and feeling very like tapped out and overstimulated and not wanting a ton of extra interaction. So that's just one example that I think reflects how diverse employees needs are with respect to mental health. And so I come back again to employee listening as the solution or as the first step is probably a better way to put it because you don't know what everyone's going through. I think there's a temptation to think about your own experience and then imagine that other people are having that same experience. But at the end of the day, that's, that's not true at all. And so we do a lot of listening initiatives internally, even To make sure that people feel like they can speak up in real time, that they're being asked for feedback regularly, that they're voicing their perspectives on what we could be doing better as a company. And then the same thing for our customers, right? They're using the platform to make sure they're catching something more serious as it might relate to mental health, that someone might feel uncomfortable bringing up, but also that they're like tapping into on a higher level, like what's going on across our employee base? Are people feeling burned out and work-life balance is really struggling? Are people feeling, you know, more isolated? Are people feeling so much stress and pressure that it's affecting their ability to do their jobs well? All of that type of information is being put into the tool and can be followed up on and acted on.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you mentioned how everyone's situation, while working from home especially, is different, whether they have kids or they feel lonely or they have other factors playing in. So how do you think remote work has helped or hindered belonging at work and the support systems that exist within companies?
1: Yeah, I think it's really mixed. I think that remote work has helped in many ways because there are very clear benefits of remote work, right? We've talked about this throughout the past two years, but flexibility and the ability to not have a commute or not having to live in a specific city in order to work at a company or people with disabilities can benefit from being able to work from home because their headquarters may not have been totally equipped to to set them up for success there. Like I know people who have really bad migraines and you know chronic migraines and the overhead fluorescent lighting at their company can be really like triggering of migraines and obviously like it's a hard thing for a company right to say well we're going to just turn off the lights for everybody yeah <laughs> so i think for people in certain situations it's been really helpful and has actually helped belonging because everyone's working remotely so i'm not the one person who's working remotely for example because of my disability We also know from research that women are more likely than men to choose remote work. So there are these sort of like, there are benefits probably, which are the reasons that people are choosing remote work. However, we also know that there are things like proximity bias, which is that the people who are the most visible to leadership are the most likely to be the ones who get promoted. So that's an example of how, as we move into like a hybrid model, for example, or some companies have already been in a hybrid model, the people who are choosing to show up in person may be the ones who are getting access to more opportunities, who are not getting excluded from things, who are kind of more top of mind due to that proximity bias and may benefit from being there in person. And so if you then think about what I was just saying about women being more likely to choose remote work or people with disabilities, for example, finding a lot of benefit in the opportunity for flexibility or remote work. Suddenly it's like, okay, well, are the people that are showing up in person, the ones who are going to be advantaged? And if so, what does that mean for the company culture, for equity and inclusion and belonging and all of these things? And so I think it's just something that companies have to be incredibly thoughtful about and have to put in place a lot of structure and sort of put on their inclusion and belonging hat to think about a lot of these practices before just rolling out like, hey, here's our new policy. It applies to everyone. So everyone's welcome to make their own choices. Like, It has to be a lot more thoughtful than that.
0: That makes a lot of sense because like, there's so many moving parts. And as important as flexibility is, you can't lose sight of what you might be moving past or passing over when you're being flexible or accommodating or just not even realizing that someone's missing out on an opportunity.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So as companies are rolling out new policies and stuff, how can they utilize employee feedback to make sure that they don't have any blind spots or they're not overlooking anything that could have a negative effect on people?
1: Part of it is When you're set up as a company that just does surveys, for example, you're kind of limited because you don't necessarily know even what to ask in the survey to get the information that you need to get. And so having some kind of like always on listening tool, I think is really important because people are going to bring things to you if they're comfortable as soon as they're thinking about it or as soon as they're experiencing it. So being able to understand what's going on with employees as early as possible, I think is a way that you can build a really healthy company culture. The other thing is, and I'll give you an example of that, actually. So I did a benefits survey to our company. I, we use our tool internally. So I did an All Voices Pulse survey about benefits. We had just raised our series A. And so I was like, wow, we can like offer a couple of additional benefits to employees. I thought about and talked to a couple of founder friends of mine, like, here's a list of potential new benefits that people might like. And I put that list in the survey, then asked a bunch of other questions. And it was so interesting because when I received the results of the survey, I had given them a list of like maybe six new benefits. And the majority of people wrote in a seventh benefit that I hadn't even considered that just wasn't top of mind for me. I didn't think that was something they would want. But enough people spoke up and wrote it in. So I didn't even know enough to include that as an option. And it, be- it was the top choice. More people wrote that in than selected any of the other benefits. Interesting. Yeah. I use that as an example of not knowing what you don't know. Luckily, everyone felt comfortable, you know, writing in that suggestion and knowing that they were anonymous made them feel more comfortable in doing so. But I use that as an example because like, that's what we ended up doing, right? We rolled out that benefit that everyone wanted that I hadn't even thought of. And everyone was really happy with it. I think on the level of having the benefit, they're happy with it, but also having the ability to even weigh in and have their voice heard and respected like that. I think it was like doubly valuable. So when I talk to like our customers, of course, you can't do everything that every person suggests. But if you start to see really clear trends or you start to hear the same thing over and over, that's where you need to kind of dig in and pay more attention and get creative about what solutions might look like, because there's probably a lot of people who aren't even saying it that are thinking it too.
0: My closing question for every single one of these podcasts is, um, what are you looking forward to this weekend and the coming weekends, just because this airs on a Friday?
1: I love the weekends. I really try not to work on the weekends, which when I started this company, I was not good about enforcing those boundaries with myself. And as we grew, I was like, I really cannot work on the weekends because then other people might feel like they have to respond to me. So I try not to work on the weekends and I carve out time. Um, My birthday is on Thursday. So I'm going to be celebrating my birthday this weekend. Happy birthday. Thank you.
0: That's so exciting. Any big plans or just a chill weekend?
1: I'm just going to have dinner with some friends and hang out with my husband and just kind of lay low. I might go to the beach if it's nice. Oh, that sounds really nice. But yeah, just trying to relax and, and enjoy my weekend. I'm going to get a massage on Saturday. That's nice.
0: I was just talking to some of my my friends and coworkers about massages because I've never had a professional massage and everyone says it's game changing. Yes,
1: you totally should. Just try it out. I know some, some people don't like them. I really do. But especially because we're sitting all day and like kind of hunching over all the way coming not to, It's such a good thing. To do.
0: I have the worst posture. I have a chair that's supposed to force me to sit up, but I only use it when I'm in editing mode <laughs> just because I'm worried it'll look weird in it when I'm doing calls. Is it a
1: kneeling chair? It is. It is a kneeling chair. I used to use one of those. My knees started to hurt after a while. Maybe I wasn't sitting in it right. I would have to like take breaks.
0: I have to take breaks too. Like, and everyone else I know who uses one, they also can't go more than an hour in it for the most part. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad
1: it's not just me.
0: But I hope you have a really good birthday and I hope the massage and the beach
1: are nice if you're able to get to both. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. Gotta celebrate. I feel like the last two years has been kind of a black hole. So (laughs) I'm just excited to mark like the passage of time in a meaningful way. Exactly. That's a really good
0: way of looking at it. So Claire, thank you again so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you. Really nice chatting with you. Nice chatting with you too.
0: Again, I'm Maddie Collins and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.